Welcome to the SEO Leadership Podcast. The SEO Leadership Podcast is a show that features some of the highest performers in the SEO industry and beyond. Our goal in this podcast is to dive into the strategies, disciplines, and mental models of leaders who excel in SEO and beyond. My name is Graham Bargeron, and I'll be your host. Thanks for listening in. I'm excited to be joined today by Steve Valenza. Steve is originally from Pittsburgh, currently based in the Seattle area, and works as a product manager over the technical SEO program at the outdoor retailer REI. I should mention REI is one of my favorite brands of all time. For anyone listening who hasn't been to an REI store, I say first, shame on you. Second, you need to check it out. And third, you need to go check it out on Google to see the rockstar job that Steve and his team are doing there. When Steve isn't working or being interviewed for his expertise, you'll probably find him rock climbing or skiing in some rugged outdoor landscape. Steve, it's an absolute pleasure to speak with you. Welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me, Graham. And that was a better introduction than I could have came up with myself. So I appreciate you uh, <laughs> thinking through that a little bit. And yes, I will tell everyone else out there, if you have not been into an REI store yet, uh, give yourself at least a couple hours to walk through that. Uh, it's an experience to say the least. <laughs> Agreed. Well, Steve, tell me, tell me about your current role at REI and how you got to where you are now. Yeah, so that is definitely a long story. Uh, so I've been in the SEO industry for just about seven years now, uh, and it was really right out of college. Uh, I got into the SEO industry, and it was more accidental than anything at the time. Uh, I graduated college in 2010, uh, majored in supply chain management and marketing, uh, which at the time I thought was fantastic. I could work for any company in the world with a marketing degree, uh, and also was the same effect of I'm terrified, I don't know where to apply, and I don't know where to take this next. Uh, So I had a confusing time after college trying to figure out where to go next and uh, happened to land in a very small agency in Pittsburgh uh, where they were doing the full digital marketing gambit. Uh, And at that time, just really gravitated toward SEO. Uh, I found it as uh, a puzzle that needed to be put together. uh, And it was more of a challenge than I really was ever expecting from it. Um, The depth of it was really what intrigued me at the beginning. Uh, So that's when I originally got into SEO. Uh, From there, it was uh, a company called Merkle that I went to next um, that really laid the foundation for me in my SEO background. Uh, That was where the training really took place and a lot of good mentorship at the time took place for me. Uh, And that's where my SEO uh, knowledge, my uh, want to go a little deeper into the topic um, really grew. Uh, And from there, it was really just happenstance that I ended up at REI. Uh, I've always been passionate with my outdoor activities. I've always loved what the calmness that it brought me um, and the calmness that it still brings me today of just being outdoors and recreating the outdoors. Um, But I never knew how to really turn it into a job. I always thought that my outdoor activity was going to stay away from work and my work would always just be um, separate from that. Uh, And it was about three years ago where a job listing came up for REI and I thought, ah, I guess I'll just send my resume. And then I also happened to message just about every recruiter on LinkedIn, uh, trying to <laughs> trying to hear back from anybody at the time. Um, and 
I happened to the last person I messaged get a message back, and that was really where it all started two and a half years ago. My journey to REI, um, and since being at REI, I came in as an associate program manager um, on the technical SEO side. Um, for the first year and a half, uh, that was just learning the ins and outs of every single area of the site, from product page to the checkout experience to the search pages. Uh, and I think that's what really is so amazing with being in the SEO industry is that we have the privilege and ability to learn a depth of knowledge from every single section of the site, mm-hmm. where if you're in merchandising or um, maybe some other divisions around um, a, an organization like REI, you don't get the the look under the hood at the product page. You don't understand the back end and the front end and the UX of all of the different sections of a site. Um, so that's really how that knowledge started growing of an entirety of a site. Uh, and that turned into a role on the SEO team for product manager opened up and I'd already taken the year and a half to learn the entirety of the site. And it was a perfect transition into this next role as being the product manager on the technical SEO team. How would you define leadership? Yeah, um, it's a great question. And as you know, probably not an easy one to answer with just a few words, um, which I think makes it um, so tough to nail down. But I feel like over the past 10 years, and I feel like with everyone's life over a certain period of time, you transition in and out of I'm in a leadership role to now I'm being led to I'm back in this leadership role for this mini team. And you kind of transition back and forth. And um, in that transition for me, I really started picking up um, different pieces from leaders I thought that did a great job to how I thought I led poorly or uh, succeeded in leading in the past. Um, So how I define leadership, I would say it it really boils down to um, three factors. Um, We can talk about the um, building an objective statement or having a mission for your team. And these are incremental values to leadership. But the three that really stick out to me most is a great leader is fluid in every aspect. Uh, what I mean by that is on a team like the team that I manage now, um, I have eight people uh, that report up to me right now on my product team. And every single one of them works different has had a different upbringing, has had a different life before REI, outside REI. And that's really up to the leader to say, this isn't, I can't treat this team as just one team. I need to also treat them as individuals. Um, So I really think it boils down to a deep empathy um, for the people that you work with on your team, um, which kind of rolls over into this extreme trust factor that you build with your team when you treat them as individuals and you understand why and how they work the way they do. So I think that's the first thing that really comes to my mind is have a deep empathy and really be fluid with how you treat your team and how you approach your team. Uh, The second would be, and this is, I like to think an easy one, but I see this as, um, I guess, a bad leadership example at times is you don't have to be, and I don't think leaders should be the smartest person in the room. Uh, I always rely back on, I work so hard to build my team to work in their best method, that they are the experts of the topics that we're approaching. Uh, I will forever, as a leader, educate myself to be either a devil's advocate or at least challenge the thinking on my team. But at the end of the day, those people worked for the last 5, 10, 15 years, however long it is, being an expert in that specific topic. And I need to trust that although I'm getting them to work their best, they are at that point making the best decision. 
Um, so I always want to say that leaders should likely never be the smartest person in the room, but they should always be getting the smartest people in the room. Uh, and the last thing would be, and this is, I think, the biggest one for me, and this is where I really separate bad leaders to good leaders to great leaders, is accepting and projecting your failures and your shortcomings to your peers, to your organization, and to your team. Uh, I think it. I think it's impossible to be a good leader that just sits back and only talks about successes. And I think it's impossible to be a great leader when you just talk about your failures. Um, but I really think the great leaders are the ones that talk about their failures and also have that next step, the how I'm going to fix this or the why this happened and what's going to come next. Um, so great leaders always exemplify, these are my failures, this is why it happened, and this is where we're going next to correct that. I'm curious to know what drives you specifically as a leader. I can see in the way that you talk about empathy, about challenging thinking, about being transparent with talking about your failures. I can see glimpses of what drives you at the core, but I would love to just ask you directly what drives you at the very deepest level as a leader? Yeah, for as long as I can remember, even um, when I used to play sports as a kid into high school, I forever wanted to bring out the best in the people around me. Um, I always worked as hard as I possibly could to get to the point where I could bring out the best in other people. Uh, I think for me, it is incredibly fulfilling to get to the end of a project and look around the room and know that everyone was equally in on that mission, was equally part of the passion that I brought to work as well. Um, so it's really just, it's seeing the people around me succeed in the way I know they can. Um, and then also seeing the way we all succeed as a team together. So it, it really just boils down to um, the people around me are what drive me the most. It's how can I get the most out of them? And that just makes me deeply, deeply happy to see them show their best. I love what you're talking about here about ensuring that you are able to get the most out of the people around you. And that being one of the things that drives you, one of the qualities of effective leadership. Uh, have you found anything that has really helped uh, you communicate the value that somebody can bring that kind of potential value that that person has uh, and, and, encourage them to actually pursue that potential as well? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, two things come to mind there. Um, one, it definitely falls on the person in that leadership position to set the team up for success, set these individuals up for success in a sense of you do need that objective that you're all going for. You do need to show that true passion that you have for the goal that you're trying to achieve. Um, but when it comes down to that individual person, I am definitely not an easy leader at times to work with uh, because I challenge the people on my team aggressively at times. Um, there are specific instances where we could get to a solution and it is the easy solution and that's the one we could take. But we always, on, on the teams that I've been able to lead, we always ask the why and what happens next after that. Um, so it's kind of that, that second level thinking of, okay, you have the solution that fixes the right now but what happens three months from now with that solution that you're putting in place? Um, so it's questions like that that keep driving a little bit deeper of not only a solution that you're getting to, um, but it just makes that person on your team think past what they've already thought through. Uh, think a little bit outside the box that they were already thinking. And then it really leaves it up to them. And I always 
leave it up to my team to be the creative aspect of that second stage. I challenge them with a question and then I leave it up to them to find that next solution. And that really, that is like that continuous motion of bettering themselves and in general, bettering the team at that point as well. I love it. Uh, that's, that's really good stuff. Uh, I would like to shift from there into more of a discussion on learning and how you continue learning and growing as a leader. And I thought it might be helpful if we first start with understanding what books you have read in the past that have been influential for you, or maybe even books that you commonly recommend to other people, whether it's in your specific field of SEO and product management at large or in business in general. Have there been any books that have really stood out for you? Yeah, there's been a few books along the way that have stood out for me. Um, one is uh, Get Shit Done is a great book if you have a chance to read it. It's it's an easy read and it just it's that book that kind of centers you back to simpler thinking. Um, at times, I can even bur- overburden myself with um, overthinking or over planning, over processing. And that book has a subtle way of telling you to just basically take it easy um, and understand the method that it really takes to get to a proper solution. Um, so, Get Shit Done has been a great one for me. Um, this is product management. Uh, I know it's definitely product management focused, um, so it's not exactly on the leadership front, but uh, the This is Product Management podcast, uh, it brings in an array of incredible people um, and their experience in general um, can shape the way you think and the way you approach problems, even if you're not in product management. Um, but for me, the real unlock in my past has been mentorship. Um, I, I've, I've definitely read books and I've listened to podcasts and, you know, you can take as much from them um, as you can, but with mentoring, it is that two-way feedback that I've always found that's been incredible for me. So to where not only can I listen to what that person's saying, but I can then ask follow-up questions to it and I can get a deeper understanding from a mentor. So books for me have always been such a one-way avenue of understanding information, um, but mentors for me have exponentially helped me grow um, and understand problems and why they're actually happening. Do you have any strategies or uh, conversation starters perhaps that have allowed you to reach out to a potential mentor and ask them to mentor you? What have you found that has been effective to start that type of mentorship relationship? Yeah, I I hate to say how simple the answer is, but I, I think a lot of the times it is just reaching out. Uh, I, I've there was a long time before I, I really found the benefit of mentorship um, earlier in my career, where I was kind of just afraid because I didn't think I was at the level or ready to take on a, ment- uh, a mentor of whatever caliber it was. Um, but I've learned, I've come to find out, the more people I message, the more people I ask to maybe not even be a full mentor, but just give me advice along the way. There's a lot of people willing to help out there. And that's that's the part that I was missing on at the beginning where I would send one or two kind of skittish messages off to see if I could get some advice back or maybe start a connection there. But um, I'm, I freely ask now if someone is able to mentor me that I really find valuable. And what I mean by find valuable is I try to always understand where I'm going in that time frame of six months, three years, five years, and just kind of keep a level set on an understanding of where I want to be. And then I just go find people that are already there, 
where's that person that's a year out from me right now? Where's that, who's that person that's five years out from me? Where, where do I really want to look at myself in 10 years and say, this person exemplifies that exact method of me? Let me reach out to them and just see if, if they can get me along the way. And sometimes you come to find out that um, that's not what you want. And that's also a great thing about mentorship, uh, uh, looking at it in that lens. I can talk to someone who I think, that's me in 10 years. And we talk for an hour, two hours. And then I say, maybe that isn't the direction I wanted, which is just as good as learning that it is. So, so I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about your passions outside of work and how they connect back to your leadership styles. So specifically, I would love to understand how your love for outdoor recreation activities, whether it's skiing or rock climbing, have uh, shaped you as a leader and maybe any crossover that you found in the disciplines required to do rock climbing well and how those disciplines transfer back to your leadership styles and, and your work. It's a great question. And it's, it's funny because coming into the podcast, you know, we had, I had a little bit of time to prepare and I, I usually like to keep those activities separate from my work and the thinking kind of stays separate as well. But um, I started thinking a little bit of where the connections are between uh, skiing and rock climbing to the way I project myself at work. And it's outrageous how many connections there are. Uh, <laughs> and, and I, I kept thinking through, I was like, this is how I lead at work. And I was like, wow, that's also how I lead in skiing or how I see myself in, in groups of uh, rock climbers. Um, so I would say the connections between outdoor activities and a great leader, there are there is so much crossover between the two. So a couple of examples, um, one being, um, I think mentorship, get back on the topic is again, by far the most important um, aspect of the outdoors. Um, I've uh, recently got into backcountry skiing and a lot of avalanche training comes with backcountry skiing. And it's not something that you read a book about. It's not something that you watch a video about. It's something that you peel information back from numerous people that have been in situations. Um, so it's the same with work in a sense of you're just trying to find those people that have already had those experiences how can you learn from them in a quick way? Um, mentorship is easily the quickest way to get to an answer. I don't have to read a 300-page book. I don't have to listen to an hour-long podcast. I can simply ask an expert that knows the answer instantly. Um, so mentorship is uh, a easy crossover. Uh, another one with climbing is redundancy. I've, I've preached on my product team redundancy in a sense of when we build a product or when we build uh, a module, really when we build anything, we always have a backup plan. Um, we are never approaching a problem without a fallback solution. So um, Graham, actually, we've, we've talked about this a little bit. Um, my team just got done building um, an internal linking uh, module on the REI.com website. Uh, and there was almost more time put into the fallback of, okay, if this all fails, what happens at this point? And if that all fails, what happens at this point? And the direct correlation between that and climbing that I just wasn't aware of until I really thought through this question is every time I'm on the side of a mountain and you're clipped into a specific spot, you always clip into a second spot as well, just for a simple redundancy. Or when you're tying a knot, you always have a backup knot. And it's these simple connections that I, I never understood uh, until I really thought, 
and wanted to make the connection between my activities outside of work and actually work in itself. Um, so redundancy is just a massive aspect of not only uh, climbing, obviously, but uh, I think great leadership it comes with as well in a sense of the team the team trusts someone that builds backup plans. Um, you you get a massive amount of trust from not only your team, your organization, your peers. When disaster strikes and you have an easy fallback plan, um, that just builds a deep level of respect and trust in your team. So, well, I think that's a perfect place to land this episode: mentorship, redundancy, trust with your team. I love it. That's fantastic. Steve, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you letting us sit down and, and pick your brain on leadership. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, no worries. Thank you very much, Graham. Thanks for listening. You can view our show notes as well as reach out to us at seoleadership.fm. That's seoleadership, all one word, dot FM. Whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever corner of the internet that you find your podcasts, please subscribe so that you don't miss any of our future episodes. That's it for today's episode of the SEO Leadership Podcast. My name is Graham Bargeron. See you next time.